This is Olympic champion Scott Hamilton. Yes, the real Scott Hamilton. And you're listening to the other Scott Hamilton show where you should be entertained, informed, and maybe even amused. Just don't expect any backflips. I mean, have you seen him skate? Third hour of the Scott Hamilton show on Thursday. Clemson at Boston College on Saturday, 7.30 kickoff. Tigers ranked fifth in the country. 20.5-point favorites headed to Chestnut Hill. Clemson, one of those teams that can get bowl eligible this weekend. Ten teams in America can go ahead and say, yeah, we're going to go for a bowl, even though they have much larger aspirations than merely going to a bowl game. Merely going to a bowl game. (laughs) Some programs out there pop champagne when it happens. South Carolina was beside itself last year to go to a bowl game. And indeed, that was a pretty big achievement year one under Shane Beamer. They want to do that again this year. We'll go a long way towards that goal if they win this week, playing at Kentucky, Kroger Field, also 730, taking on the 13th-ranked Wildcats. We opened up the show discussing this. It's Interesting, to say the least, and could be significant. Could it, it, There could be some significant underlying reasoning behind this. The line for the game opened in some circles at around 11, 11 and a half. 10 and a half seemed to be a constant the last couple of days. Now dipping to six. I actually saw it at four, four and a half at another place. So I'm going to go with six. And this all came together probably, well, I 12 hours? Ever since Matt Jones of Kentucky Sports Radio sent out a tweet last night about 9.30, 9.45, indicating that Will Levis, questionable for the game Saturday. It's going to be a game-time decision. and We know he's got the dislocated finger. He suffered that during the 20 22-19 loss at Ole Miss. I mean, it's awful. That thing was main gold, just pointing in all kinds of weird directions. But apparently he also has some kind of foot injury or leg injury. He's having to wear a boot, one of those protective boots. And he's doing it throughout the week. Now, I'm presuming it's legitimate. I don't think it's any kind of gamesmanship on Mark Stoops' part. But given everything at stake now in the world of college football, I wouldn't be 100% surprised. But I think it is, I do believe it is unlikely, however. Kaya, I believe that is how you pronounce the name, Kaya Sharon. If Will Levis doesn't take QB1 snaps, he will presumably be the quarterback for Kentucky. He's not thrown a pass. He appeared in Kentucky's 31-0 win against Youngstown State. He got into that game late in the contest, but basically handed off. Handed off pitch, whatever. He didn't throw a pass. So right now, South Carolina preparing for Will Levis, but also having to do some work for a quarterback that it probably doesn't know anything about. It's kind of like the situation going on at Alabama. I mean, Alabama, is Bryce Young going to play? Is he not going to play? Jimbo, as if he doesn't have enough issues having to prepare for two quarterbacks. But this this one with Kentucky, given that we did see 
a lot out of Alabama even when Bryce Young went down. We saw a dynamic, dynamic young player come in and absolutely set the sky on fire. This could be more, more impactful for this game if the starter, the QB1 for Kentucky, goes down. Will Levis criticize him for the final moments of that game against Ole Miss, criticize him for the fumble, maybe not securing a win when it seemed pretty obvious that Kentucky was going to win that game. He's still a dude. He's been a game changer there in Lexington as far as making the offense more dynamic and doing lots of different things. It's just uh, – and, and that would be a feather in the cap of South Carolina. It would behoove South Carolina if he cannot play. But at the same time, they are having to also prepare for the contingency and when they know nothing about, I presume. Again, unless they got some – video on the dark web of spring practice or spring drills or whatever, I am of the mind they know nothing about this guy. I've not seen a line change like that in quite a while, though. I'm going to ask our guest about it. Because I've got a feeling he's the one that shifted the line. He makes things happen. He's the host of Kentucky Sports Radio. It's Matt Jones. Matt, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you fellas? Buddy, I, I appreciate you coming on. And before we get into matters that are like not that important but are important, it's been a few months since the flooding in eastern Kentucky. How how are the people there recovering and what is left to be done? Yeah, it's pretty awful. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's it's you know, it's it's a horrible rebuild. Um, you're talking about people who are some of some of the poorest regions in the United States, and the very few things people had was all just taken away from them. Um, and we're talking huge. I mean, we're talking whole towns just gone. Uh, it's awful. I mean, I I don't. I, I wish I could sugarcoat it, but I can't. Now, I mean, we've seen the best of people. Donations have come in from all over the world, and and you know, folks are trying, but it's it's very difficult. A lot of the things that occur in places where there are disasters. Like I give an example quickly. There were tornadoes in Western Kentucky, which devastated the town of Mayfield and it was awful, but Mayfield, you know, you, you clear everything off and you start the rebuild. These places are up deep in the hollers and mountains and rebuilding is just not easy. And as a matter of fact, it might not even be doable in some of these places. And that's what makes it hard. I mean, these are, these are some of the hardest living people already. And, there's no easy answer. I wish I could say there is, but there's not. And uh, those places are going to be affected for a long, long time. We'll talk about football in a moment, but I want to point out, I lost a home when I was a little boy in that same region due to flooding. And a lot of people left town because what they did to keep flooding like that from happening going forward, they put up a flood wall. Well, when you put up a flood wall, well, you got to have property for it. And people who had been there for generations and generations and generations they picked up and went elsewhere. So towns that used to be vibrant communities no longer even exist or barely exist because they're trying to protect what's not even there anymore. It, you're right, Matt. It's hard to get in and out of those places. Yeah, and and, and I think there's going to be a couple towns that I, I don't think survive, that just don't exist when it's over. You know, I, it's it, it's a different thing here because what, what, where flooding used to occur in the mountains is water would roll off the mountains go into a town that was usually in a valley and flood. And over the years, most of those towns have been protected from flood by flood walls, et cetera. But this was different. I mean, these were creeks that are next to people's houses 
that just, you know, rose exponentially in minutes and just took away the entire house and then went a few feet down and took away that house and that house. And, and it's on the sides of mountains. It's deep in mountains. It's, it, there were some towns really affected, but this was also rural people who were affected. And it's just not clear how you fix that stuff. So I don't mean to be a big bummer, but it is, it's just a, it's just a really, really tough situation. And it's about three counties that collectively were just devastating. Yeah, we'll put a pin in it, but I'll leave you with this thought. We Everybody's quick to help when it first happens, but then they move on going about their business, and the people that actually live there are going to deal with it probably for the rest of their lives in some form or fashion. That's exactly right, and that's human nature. I mean, now everybody's focused on the hurricane in Florida, and I get it, but for the people left behind, it's hard. Joined by Matt Jones, Kentucky Sports Radio. Follow him on Twitter, at KY Sports Radio. Matt, you moved the betting lines last night with that tweet regarding Will Levis. Nice work. Any updates? Well, it was already moving even when I did it. I mean, it was, it's a fascinating case study on on how things work because I heard around 1 or one thirty that this was a possibility, but I decided not to go with it for a variety of reasons. And then a gambling syndicate in Las Vegas put out, I guess they put out injury alerts to their subscribers, and they put it out at like 4 o'clock when practice was still going on. And I'm fascinated as to how the hell they knew that. But they did, and when that happened, it started leaking out in the kind of big time gamblers world. And, and I looked at it. I looked at it at like nine o'clock, and it was Kentucky by ten. And then the Bear Chris Felica uh, from ESPN he mentioned it, I guess, to some gambling group. And all of a sudden, it was nine and a half, and then it was nine. And then when I tweeted, it went from nine to six. So it is fascinating how it works. The latest is we don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, I, I, I think I think it's more likely he doesn't play than he plays, but I do think he's going to try. Um, it's a small injury. I think he'll probably be fine the next week, but they play South Carolina this week. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, Kentucky's obviously had a lot of success against Gamecocks. I think they've won eight of the last nine, five straight here in Lexington. Um, but it'll be tougher with this one. I mean, I, I was a little worried about the game to begin with because of what happened at Ole Miss. I mean, the, the, the way they lost that, it's, you don't want to make one loss turn into two. What I do think this will do is I do think it focuses the team. I was a little worried about just them being down and coming out flat. I don't think that happens now, whether it's Will or Kaya Sharon. I think now they know everybody else has to bring their A game, no matter what the situation is at quarterback. So I actually think Kentucky is still a decent favorite, but it certainly, if it's Kai Sharon, who's never played a college game or taken more than one college snap, it's going to be a question as to what you see. Two things in Kentucky's favor going into this. If it is Kai Sharon, there's literally no video on this guy that I know of. He played limited snaps, I guess. There is none. You're going to have to go back to Somerset (laughs) High School to find it, and there ain't much video for that either. His senior year was during COVID, and I don't think people were allowed at the game, so I think you're going to be lucky to know anything. So you you got that, and then also having Chris Rodriguez back. I mean, that's absolutely massive. Great timing on the Kentucky side of things. But but I will say this, though. I think this is more likely to impact this game in a significant way than even Jalen or uh, Bryce Young being gone from Alabama. I mean, at least that A&M has an idea of what Jalen Milrow is capable of doing, and they look pretty darn good against Arkansas. Agree, disagree? 
Oh, I definitely think so. I mean, look, Will Levis is one of the top three quarterbacks in America in the NFL draft. And you're not going to just replace that guy with a guy who's never thrown a pass, and it's not going to be any different. I think it's going to be a huge difference. I mean, Chris Rodriguez is going to have to play a big game. This is not the Kentucky team that South Carolina has seen over the last eight or nine years. You guys have seen a team that has run the ball, for the most part, down South Carolina's throats for eight or nine straight years. That's not this team. This is a team that offensive line probably is the weakness, right? They have an elite quarterback, and they have three elite receivers. So this is not anything like the Kentucky team that even played two years ago in the game here in Lexington. But, so it's a much more explosive team, but what Kentucky used to do, which is kind of grind you out, and by the fourth quarter just do back-breaking 12, 15-yard runs. That's just not what this team does. So they're a big play team. You know, they got two freshman receivers. They're as good as any freshman receivers in the country. You're going to be hearing Barry on Brown and Dane Key's name for the next three, four years. But for this game, it's concerning because you just don't know if Kaya Sharon's going to be able to get them the ball. If he's decent, I think Kentucky's in good shape. But if he can't throw the ball – then I think this is a different situation. You know, twice Kentucky's beaten South Carolina by basically never throwing. One was when JoJo Kemp was in the Wildcat and just ran down their throats. And then a couple years ago when Lynn Bowden played quarterback and just ran the whole game. Actually, they lost. That was the game South Carolina won. And then Lynn Bowden ended up being the quarterback for the rest of the season. This is not going to be like that. It's going to be a different kind of Kentucky team. And I don't know what we're going to see. It's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm I'm using air quotes when I say quarterback and Lynn Bowden. I actually had him on my Heisman ballot that year. I I, I loved Lynn Bowden. He was Bowden. great. I think it was the South Carolina game where he took over. I think they they put in the backup, if I'm correct, and he played very very poorly. And then they went to Lynn Bowden, and, and South Carolina I think got a big lead that was down in Columbia. And I think they then put Lynn Bowden in in the second half, and he was really good. I think we still lost. But then we went with him the rest of the season, and he was great from then on. Yeah, I was at the game later that, that season, uh, Arkansas game the week after that, and they won. Lynn Bowden ran all over the place. We're joined by Matt Jones, Kentucky Sports Radio. Matt, just a few more minutes, please. And, and you talk about this not being like a traditional Kentucky team or the Kentucky team that we've seen over the last decade for the better part of Mark Stoops' tenure in Lexington. I, I, wanted, I want to say this. this is, the hallmark of a great coach is the ability to evolve. And I think that Mark Stoops right now, one of the top five coaches in the country for what he has achieved and his ability to evolve, kind of sum up for me the, how Mark Stoops has taken control of this program, how he's got it going in the direction he has it going in, and, and what is the ceiling for the program? I mean, it's no small thing to say you're the third best team in the SEC, which I think Kentucky's in that conversation, but can it go another rung up? Can it be competing for SEC championships? I mean, I... My initial answer is it's unlikely, but you know what? I'm I'm not going to say they can't do things anymore. I mean, I used to say, you know, I'm not sure Kentucky can make a bowl every year, and then they did. And I said, I used to say, well, I'm not sure Kentucky will ever get to the point where they're the second best team in the East, and they've been the second best team in the East three of the last four years. And then, you know, so my initial reaction is no, they're not going to get to Georgia, Alabama level, but who knows? I mean, I I don't know. I I think this was a big year for them because I think Levis could take them to it. As good as Kentucky's been the last few years, they haven't had a good quarterback. I mean, their quarterbacks have been serviceable, Steven Johnson and Terry Wilson, 
but they weren't like good, good. And now they have one. Kentucky's still got an elite defense. I think South Carolina will see a very, very good defense. Held Lane Kiffin to three points for the last three quarters of that game at Ole Miss. That's pretty amazing if you think about it. Um, they just don't have the offensive line this year. But going forward, I think the sky's the limit. I mean, they got recruits coming on campus that have never considered places like Kentucky. And uh, I, I, I think there's still there's still a run to get to. But I think the leap between where – okay, so think about where South Carolina was during the Spurs. They were really good. But it was still a notch below the, the top top. And that next leap is the hardest leap. So where Kentucky and Tennessee and A&M and Ole Miss are right now, I mean, ask Jimbo how hard that next leap is. And I just don't know that that that's an easy leap to make. But I'm not going to say impossible because Stoops, everything I thought they couldn't do, they've then gone and done. Matt, one more question, and I I have to go there because you would be the guy who could give me the best answer to this. If, If you had to split up the Kentucky fan base back in July, Team Cal or Team Stoops, how would it be proportioned? probably 85-15 stoops in terms of that fight. Now, in general, what Cal said was not false. This is a basketball school. But football has never been bigger than it is right now, ever, in my life. Never been close. And I think people really didn't like what Cal said. I think people really liked the way Stoops took up for his program. I mean, Stoops has you want to talk about somebody who's knocked it out of the park with a fan base. If you were to do a approval rating, I can't imagine there's many coaches in this country with a higher approval rating than Mark Stoops. I mean, I, you know, maybe Kirby Smart and, and, and Nick Saban, but I don't think there's many more that pretty much have – I mean, Mark Stoops has 100% approval in this state, and I think that's, uh, you know, absent a pr- complete collapse this year, I think that's going to continue. He's Matt Jones, Kentucky Sports Radio. You can follow him on Twitter at KY Sports Radio. Matt, we, we got to get you on more often. I mean, whenever it works for you, you tell us, you come on, and we can talk about absolutely anything. We'll talk about important matters. We'll talk about going to Taco Bell, anything you want. Well, I'm glad to do it, and I uh, hope everybody in South Carolina is doing well, but I hope the Cats make it 9 out of 10 here uh, Saturday. It's going to be a tough one, though. This is going to be one of the hardest ones. I think Kentucky fans have gotten used to winning this game every year. I think this one's going to be tough. We'll find out on Saturday, Matt. Be safe. Appreciate you, bud. Thank you, sir. All righty. It's Matt Jones of Kentucky Sports Radio. Follow him on Twitter at KY Sports Radio. 100% approval rating. Here, here's the thing. What Stoops has done is not expected. What Stoops has done is appreciated. It's not marginalized. It's not taken for granted, okay? He himself has set the standard, but what Calipari has done, well, they expect to win. They expect to win titles. They expect to send guys to the NBA. And, yeah, he's won a lot of games. He's sent a lot of guys to the NBA, but he's got one championship. And for all the investments into the basketball program, financial, emotional, whatever, the return on investment hasn't been that great. And I wonder at what point in time can does he lose a little juice? Because he was bullying Stoops. He was bullying him. That was basically bullying. That was him exerting his will, which he really doesn't have that much sway as he used to, perhaps. I'm going to think of a better way to frame it. We'll touch more on it later in the show. Scott Hamilton Show on Thursday. <laughs> 